and you know that's why I wasn't critical of Girardi in this sense. You know, l- listeners to a uh, Locked On Phillies know that I'm not you know the biggest Joe Girardi fan, as many have been critical of him uh, here this season. But this was a move that I thought, from his perspective, made sense. Made sense, and maybe you have a better sense, you know, covering this team every day of you know what comes from the clubhouse and what comes from management kind of thing. But I thought his hand was essentially forced. Like I, I didn't love the idea at the time of Ranger Suarez in the rotation. I also didn't have a better idea given the players he had on the roster, right? Like I was more so annoyed that whether it's Dombrowski not making a move for another starter at the deadline or the lack of development, whatever you want to credit it to. And it's both of those things that the organization didn't have another guy who could make starts instead of Ranger Suarez. Now Ranger Suarez is, gotten stretched out here over the past few weeks, basically by 30 to 40 pitches of what he's allowed to go. And he's been really, really good in that role. So it's interesting to see that late in the year, while you're actively trying to win, usually you think of developmental projects as something that might not be in the best interest of winning, but we're almost kind of seeing the two simultaneously happen. And I've actually been rather pleased. And even so, even with him in the rotation, you still have instances the other day where because Zach Eflin's out, Matt Moore has to make a start. And he was really, really good and goes six no-hit innings. And much of was made of pulling him short of a no-hitter, which was not a move I had issue with. Um, it was actually more so the idea that Girardi let him go up to the plate to sacrifice bunt that I thought should have been the story, not the pulling him in the no-hitter thing. So whatever it was, they won the game. That's not what I was annoyed about. I was annoyed they lost two of three to the Reds. But... I want to go to two, given this current roster and holes that are on this roster, uh, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I was at, uh, you know, my other uh, place of, or my main place of employment, I should say, uh, WIP last night hanging. Uh, Joe Giglio was doing the pregame show, and I want to credit him with this stat. I forget exactly what it was, but I believe it was that Phillies leadoff hitters this year, I think were 29th in on-base percentage or something like or 29th in overall production, something like that. And... So I'm asking about the leadoff spot. A, is there is a playoff caliber leadoff hitter currently on this team? Who is the best guy to hit leadoff for this team? We've seen a number. We've seen a number of guys do it. Whether it's McCutcheon at the beginning of the year, they moved him down in the lineup. I thought that was a good move. Uh, we see a guy like Gene Segura, who I believe I'll double check right now is in the lineup as the leadoff hitter tonight. Uh, no, correct. Odubel Herrera. We've seen Gene Segura. We've seen Odubel do it, but it's Odubel one, Gene Segura uh, two tonight. We've seen Travis Jankowski do it. Like we've seen a number of guys. JT did it. JT Romuto's done it. We've seen a number of guys hit leadoff for this team. What's the best idea in terms of a leadoff spot? Um, who is the most natural leadoff hitter? Do they have a leadoff hitter? And then the other role I wanted to get to was the closers role, which is something that. I sometimes think is overblown in terms of the struggles of this team. Cause I think the struggles have gone beyond that. They went and got Ian Kennedy. His ERA has been over seven since he's been with the Phillies. It's actually dropped down from, it was initially like 10 or 11, something like that. Uh, Hector Neris, we know the splits of his ERA in the ninth inning versus every other inning. How does, how do those two things shake out in your opinion, the leadoff spot, the closers role uh, are those guys on but how do you see the current guys in the roster uh, in terms of what Girardi does playing the cards he has at his disposal for that for the remainder of this season? And is this a situation where they need to address of the, both of those things this offseason? I would, I would probably bet Segura lead off right now. Um, Odubel's not giving you much up top. 
I'm with you. Like and the guy Odubel's on base is barely 300. Like I don't yeah. understand the idea of him batting leadoff. This but. isn't 2017. But yeah, exactly. I mean, the most <laughs> important thing is getting guys on base in front of Harper. You know, you, you can't keep hitting solo home runs, and it's not Harper's fault. He's just nobody's on base. You know, he, he has hardly any at bats with guys in, with runners in scoring position this year. It's just when. So when you're constructing a lineup right now for this Phillies team, it's I think it's so important and it's tough because not a lot of guys are getting on base right now for this team. But instead of focusing on the leadoff spot, I'm I would focus on so Harper's batting third tonight. So I you want I I want one and two to be whoever their highest on base percentage guys are or at this moment who's going to get on base for Harper. I believe is Segura and Real Muto, which is then, what I would go one two. Yeah, so put them one two. Pick your choice at one. As long as somebody's on base each time Harper comes up, and then he's averaging right now like 1.75 play appearances per game with a man on base. Uh, that's that's not good enough for one of the best hitters in baseball and MVP candidate. Um, and then I'm putting somebody behind him that can hit, and it's and because so many times he gets pitched around, and like you saw Sunday, I think he reached base three times, but he never scored because. They're just they're walking him or walking him twice to get to DB. Um, yeah, to get exactly. So, which answers are thing you touched on earlier about Hoskins. I think that's that's the to me that's the biggest piece that you're missing out of Hoskins is that it just it kind of him being away um, kind of hinders the way you can maneuver the lineup so much because it's just without him, you know, you're covering a hole at first base and, and wherever you know you're filling in for him. So. I think when he's back, the lineup's a lot deeper. It's a lot better. Um, you can protect Harper a little bit more, and you can at least, you know, finagle some base runners ahead of Harper to get on base. But for leadoff, I would start – I would give Segura a shot. But like I said, I'm just more – if you're going to bat Harper third, one and two are just as important as who's batting first. And you go to the ninth inning, I have no problem with Ian Kennedy. I think he's been great. Um, he had – he gave up some runs in Pittsburgh in a, like a blowout game. Uh, who cares? Honestly, you know, I know that. And, but you look at what he did um, on, was it the Dodger game, right? The, the getaway game against the Dodgers. This was he last, he when? Thursday. last Thursday. Yeah. Last Thursday. Last Thursday, you know, he strikes, he gets five outs, five out seed because of the, the <laughs> um, strike zone at, you know, that guy and two called third strikes or balls. And I just thought, how much fire he showed and how much poise really to get out of that jam. And, and he's been good. He's been really good. And the good thing about it is that if you give him the ninth, Archie Bradley has been really good. You, you let Archie Bradley handle the eighth. Naris, like you mentioned, has been great. And since July 4th, he had that meltdown. He's been really good since then. So you give Naris the seventh and all of a sudden you have a nice bridge to the ninth inning. And now who knows? Sir Anthony Dominguez might be back by September. So your bullpen is kind of with Alvarado out, and that's a big loss, but your bullpen is shaping up at least the back end of the bullpen is shaping up to be pretty nice. And I think Ian Kennedy, like I, I don't get caught up in a, you know, closers ERA because you know, minimal innings pitched. One it's fair. Out yeah. It's, it's a bad, it's not, it's not a starter. It's not yeah. indicative the way it is for a it's starter. Like yeah. Blown save, like team blown saves. It's like, it's fun to say like the Phillies have the most blown saves, but it's you like can blow more than one in a game. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you can blow one in the seventh inning. It's like, it's doesn't not really count. Ninth inning blown yeah. save should be the stat. 
for sure, like yeah. legitimate bone saves, which which they they had a, a good amount of legitimate bone saves. They still and, probably would have led that last year, but like or last like, year was just insane. But I, I yeah. think the bullpen is not. I, I, and and we like to harp on the bullpen. It just seems like we've been like I remember as a kid like harping on the Phillies bullpen stuff. I just think it's in our nature to do that, and last year didn't help. Well, it's like Eagles how bad that bullpen you know? was. Yeah, really. But yeah, I think, it's just the same I think thing. The bullpen, yeah. The bullpen, the back of the bullpen is pretty good. Um, the, the top of the starting rotation is pretty good right now, too. And I think your main problem is this lineup is just not hitting. And they, they hit at points this season. They didn't hit. And that comes back to that inconsistent word. And they've been, of all the units, they've been the most inconsistent. And that's that's probably holding them back the most. Uh, I'll get you out of here uh, kind of on a few just kind of summarizing questions. One, just because you hit on it there, uh, you mentioned the umpiring. A lot has been made of it this season. A lot has been made for years of replay in baseball. Are you ready to say, I, I not are you ready to say, I don't know where you've stood on this uh, for years, but would you be in favor <laughs> of uh, a robot strike zone in baseball? Or are you ready to say that that is what baseball should go to starting next year if you were commissioner for a day? Probably not. I, I like the umps, you know. I'm sure, but if you, if they said robot umps are, are starting, you know, next April, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I don't, I'm not that invested in, you know, if, if I, I can easily be sold that robot umps are better, but for that is, but if I was commissioner today, that's not my first thing. I kind of like, I like the human element. Um, I just don't understand really how it would work. You know, with the robot umps, I just, it's kind of confusing to me but I'm sure it can be explained and I'm sure I can be sold on it. But instant replay was like, I thought that's what made baseball great was that blown calls and arguing and um, like the human error, the human element, but I've had no problem with instant replay. I love it. I think it's great. So I probably, I I probably would think robot umps are great too, even though I don't know it right now, that's how great they would be. Well, that's just kind of how I see it is almost like, they kind of went too far with every TV broadcast has the strike zone rectangle. So everyone yeah, knows that what was like a one, one channel would do that. Now everybody, has. now everyone does it. And now everyone knows what's a strike and what isn't. And so it's easy to be a critic. Now these same calls were getting blown years ago, but you couldn't tell us better. And you know, it's HDTV now. Yeah. I don't get called out. Like people like obsess over those like umpire scorecards and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same ump for both teams. Like, I don't know. It, you play 162 games, it probably balances itself out. It can be frustrating at times, like that ninth inning against the Dodgers was, you know, bizarre. But I, I don't know. I mean, whatever they want to do, you're, you know, you're fine with it. The game will go on. It'll be, it'll still be baseball. It'll still be great. Yeah, um, I mean, it, look, there would, be, I, I'll admit, there would be something lost. You're not going to hear you know, Larry Anderson lose it in the third inning over a random pitch <laughs> and stuff like that. Like the, that'll go away and that'll be fun. You see less arguments already now because it's really only over the strike zone. And yeah. even still, you know, like Castellanos and David Bell get rung in the first inning the other day arguing a pitch off the plate. And if we went to robot umps, which as I understand it, by the way, and I'm not any more qualified to explain this than the next person is basically. The umpire stands there. They'd have something in the rear. And it's basically just if it's in the box and someone yeah. is just telling them um, they've tried it out in the minor leagues. There was a situation mm -hmm. where it called it a strike on a bounce pitch. But yeah, it's not it has not been good down there. I seem like especially early no, there on, have been flaws. But yeah, if you, you can't I, have that, it's no, not, you, you, you can't have that. Um, 
it better be perfect in the major league. So yes, it, it better be perfect. I, I don't see any real reason. I I've, I think I'm in favor of it. If you could do it the way I'm about to lay it out, which is, I don't see any real reason they couldn't like an umpire stands back there, get the umpire union and those guys wouldn't be especially happy with it, but you stand back there, you have a TV broadcast in real time and any Tom, Dick and Harry could just be like, yeah, that was in the box. Call it a strike. Like it, it seems easy enough. Like we're all doing it from home. It seems like with the advances of modern technology, major league baseball could do it. Guess not. Um, I, which is, I also funny story. Have you ever seen anything like what we saw last night, which was the, I'll call it the McCutcheon, Steve Bartman play where major league replay security kicks the guy out. Major league, major league baseball replay says he didn't reach over and they basically bring the guy back. Like, did you get as much of a kick out of that as I did? I always thought it was so strange that like, if you. Like um, replay is deciding whether that guy stays. Yes. Yeah, so, so the guy did come back and I, but I always thought it was strange that like you got thrown out for doing that. It's like, yeah. it's an accident. I, I, I most of the I'm time. I'm with you. I, I I'm with night, you. Like that guy was just grabbing a foul ball. And like, I remember if a ball goes down the line fair, this happened a lot of the vet because of the way that the, it's um, a lot different. The territory curved out the fit, the front row seats goes down the line and some fan reaches over to pick it up. It's like he thought it was a foul ball. It's coming to him. It's coming to his seat. And then he's thrown out because he didn't see if the umpire signaled fair fouls. I always thought it was just strange. I like it just doesn't seem like a, an, an offense to be thrown out of a game unless it's blatant. You know, you really interfere with the game. You didn't run on the field. It just. So I'm seems exactly right. So I what I meant about the ground ball is if there was a slow roller that was clearly fair, that would be one thing. But, yeah, it's an instinct play. Yeah, part of the allure of baseball is you brought your glove and a ball's coming towards you and you're thrown out because you might have leaned six inches over Andrew McCutcheon from catching it. They should now replay decides the front row anymore. You got to move. You got to you know you got to sit in the back. You can't sit in the front if you interfere with the ball in play. If people get thrown out for that, then there shouldn't be fans in the front row. Like there should be a double wall everywhere. Really, that's 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 the best solution. Or just put a net you know everywhere it was like, a great tv though seeing him get thrown out and then like triumphantly in, coming back in a ballpark that had maybe you know looked like about 1500 people. people in it <laughs> yeah somehow a fan managed to uh get in the way uh, i'll ask for your overall expectations though i think you've essentially already given them uh so you see this playing out philly's ultimately a 500 team how i mean i expect them i don't know where you expect them to be in it for the long haul i think they're going to be in it till just about the end. Is this, is this the team that when they go down into that final week and they go to Atlanta for that final series, is it these two teams duking it out for the National League East? Do the Mets make a surge or have any shot at making a surge back here to make it more of a three-team race just because they've been trending downwards? And ultimately, I mean, I get the sense, I'm thinking you think the Braves are going to win this division. How does the rest of the season play out here? I think the Braves win the NL East. I think it's between... It's a two-team race. I think the Mets, who would have thought, you know, especially at the deadline, that, you know, they'd be out of it. But it just seems that that's where they are. I just think I, I think they're fading. Um, seems like every day, it's like it's like the old-school Mets. It's, the you know, the Mets of 07, 08. Ever since or, they unveiled those black jerseys, it's just been all down. Yeah, you had there, to bring yeah. them back, really? I mean, yeah. I do like jerseys a lot, though. But yeah, I, I like them too. They make them worse. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. just seems like everything I, every day it's Steve Cohen tweeting something stupid or um, it's just always something. So I, I just think they're fading away, but I look at the schedule and 
you said that Brave series at the that's their second to last road series of the season, and then three in Miami where we know they always yeah. play well, right? And then, yeah. but then you look at what goes before that. It's Colorado, Cubs, Mets, Orioles, Pirates, and everything besides the three Mets games are at home. So it's hard for me to imagine that the Phillies are out of it before that Brave series. I think that series is meaningful. I think they're competing for the NL East that week. They at least have a chip in a chair, like Gabe Kapler once said that week. But I still think the Braves are going to win the division. But, geez, when you look at that schedule, and I know Joe Girardi does not want to hear about it, but four, seven, 10, 14 of 17 games at home and against teams that are terrible and teams that sold at the deadline. Yeah, I'm sure they won't find a way to lose half of those series somehow. I mean, yeah, it's probably, they'll probably go undefeated. I've, you know, we've seen enough of the Phillies. To know <laughs> no, that's they'll, they'll, they'll just run through September. Yeah. So I, I could be wrong. I, I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't want, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't want to say they're going to, you know, pro- prove me wrong. And I'd be happy to be proven wrong. It's, I would not be insulted if they did, but that's just the way I see it. And um, I don't know, it's shaping up for them to make the playoffs. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Last thing, since you uh, name check Steve Cohen there, uh, there's no way uh, Philly's Twitter, Philadelphia Twitter, wouldn't have like bullied that guy off the site at this point, right? Yeah, he would. He, there's no chance. Like if John Middleton had a Twitter and was tweeting and tweeted stuff that, like that, no, there's yeah, no way. He, would, right? he wouldn't have. He would have got clowned like two months ago. It's it's just insane. But it was it, just such a weird like like Uncle Stevie and like all this like they were too much like on him from before he even bought the team that they were like, you know, hero worshiping this guy. And, uh, he almost, is, it felt like he had a, like, a, you know, he privileged to tweet whatever he wanted because everybody loved him so much. And, uh, going in the clubhouse when they were in Philly to talk to the players, like, man, it's just like, what are you doing, dude? It's not, it's not what the owner does. Kind of weird. Is, this is why owners, don't talk publicly in sports, by the way. Like people say, I want to hear from Middleton more. I want to hear from Josh Harris more. I want to hear from insert owner, uh, Jeff Lurie more, insert yeah. owner here. And then when these guys open their mouths, you're like, okay, that's why you weren't talking. Like you're obviously very smart and did something very yeah, right. Or maybe a billionaire. Just like you're a billionaire. You either you or someone in your family did something right, made some good decisions to make all this money. But in terms of relating to the people, we want you to be transparent until you actually do so. And we realize you know what a bleep show it is basically yeah and, just put on a hat and put on a hat be like go mets and, and just call money. it a day. spend money get, you know get me my players i want but you know if maybe, you're gonna maybe maybe, maybe maybe go over the luxury tax and if you don't don't go on twitter to see what people have to say about it like if you I don't that, you don't if you <laughs> it's, did i ask you the last time i had you on what the worst quote in philadelphia of like Maybe not even just the Phillies, but just Philadelphia, because you're, you know, a Philadelphia sports kind of sort, uh, you know, all around. Like, what Thank the you. worst? Yeah, yeah. Well, you grew up here, right? Sports kind of sort. Yeah, I just, yes. I'm yeah, I, I'll, I'll proclaim that. The uh, what's the worst quote between? I think I had a poll on this once. Is it if we don't, we don't? Um, there was another. Good for what? It's like legendary band. Good for what? Uh. Doc Rivers had one in the playoffs this year that I'm blanking on. If we don't, we don't was bad. There was another really bad Phillies one. Oh, wanting to uproot during a pandemic, which ended up being not as bad because they got Dombrowski. But in the moment was really, really bad. 
This is my favorite one, and it it predates me a little bit, but I grew up on it. And it's when Chris Carter, when he got cut or traded from the Eagles, whatever they, I don't know how he left for Minnesota, but Buddy Ryan said, well, why did you get rid of Chris Carter? And said, all he does is catch touchdown passes. And I just thought it's a, you're like, wow, that was a bad thing. You know, all he does is catch touchdown passes. So that's, that's probably my favorite idiotic Philly quote. Okay. Okay. The the four just, for the record was if we don't, we don't uprooting in a pandemic. Uh, Jeff Lurie referred to Nate Sudfeld in week 17 against the Cowboys in the Super Bowl year as unstoppable this year. Yeah. And uh, also Doc Rivers before a playoff game this year, might've been game seven said, you never know. He said the Nate Sudfeld thing after the, um, the game last year, right? The Giants game or the he, no, he's, game? He, he referenced he, it. Like he, it was either was that like, it was either there or when they introduced Sirianni it was last winter. Yeah, I think he was sticking up for why they why they played Sudfeld against Washington. That's, against yes, Washington. that's exactly what it was. That, that was that was that, I'll give that one. I, I love that one. I you like was, Sudfeld was unstoppable. It was bizarre. And, and then and Doc Rivers saying you never know, uh, as someone asked him, you know, is the team ready for game seven? He was like, Well, yeah. you never know. Oh, that's yeah. that's really encouraging. It, ter- it turned out they uh yeah, maybe they weren't. Uh Matt Breen, Philadelphia Inquire. Uh any feature stories or anything you can talk about coming up here or just the day-to-day grind of a uh, a Phillies baseball team as we um, enter the just uh, wrote. I feel like we here. just got done a lot of stuff. Um, I wrote about baseball cards a lot this week on Monday. That was fun. Um, it was something I've been working on almost all summer. So it's it's nice to like like Monday night felt free. Like I, you know, I was off my plate, got it out, done. And it was nice to get some feedback. And if anybody just real quick, it's the baseball card market has just exploded in the last year really since the pandemic so about these story about the local card shop owners how much money they made a story about the backs of baseball cards is the 70th year they put stats on the back so maybe it's time to rethink what those stats were and then a little look at where you can buy cards in the area and it was a it was nice it was different it wasn't phillies you know it was something different to write about so that was fun and then we have another six weeks left of the season so we'll have more you know phillies day-to-day stuff big picture stuff feature stuff it's it's going to be I love the games and covering the season because it's always something going on. So we have fun final six weeks and who knows? I mean, maybe this team will be inconsistent the other way and they'll be good. And we'll be talking through October. It's going to be fun. No matter what you've been waiting a long time for relevant September baseball. They gave us that now for three straight years, four straight years, really. And now you're hoping to get back to October. Maybe this is the year. I don't think it is, but I I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Might be wrong today. Matt Breen, Philadelphia Inquirer, Phillies beat writer. Thank you as always. Uh, Always fun. Thank you, Dan. Thanks a lot.